Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Up on the rooftop, reindeers chime. It's a greetings podcast time. We've got a card and it doesn't suck. We want you to not give up, you know. That one's for the spicy kids out there. That's for the NSFW kids that are enjoying greetings, the greetings card podcast. I'm your co-host, Dan Conroy. And I'm the other co-host, Bobby O'Rourke. And you know, I like to think of us around this time, Bobby, as two of the hard... (laughs) I, I just like to think of us. We're, we're good to think about. We are swarthy gentlemen. We've got great jokes. We have fantastic historical references and literary references. And we're also two of the hardest GD working elves here on the Honda Day season for Greetings the Greeting Card podcast. Now, I'm joining Bobby this week in the tradition of this celebration with a fine glass of hard nog. Now, Bobby, let me ask, because you nogged it last week. You mentioned the spirit, but is there any other way you like to spice your nog during this Honda days? You know, I didn't do it when I was recording with you because I've forgotten, but sometimes a little cinnamon on top will do you okay. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe just drop a bouillon cube in there, really give it some body, but that's that's pretty much it. Bouillon cubes, we talking chicken, we talking beef, we talking vegetable stock. You seem, you know, I, I bet you're a shrimp stock guy when it comes to your bouillon that you put in your nog. Am I that obvious? I, it's, it's. It's as plain as the shrimp nose on your prawn face. <laughs> Deveined and all. No, cinnamon is definitely, I feel like that is the chief nog spice. I put a little bit of pumpkin spice in mine because I am a basic biatch. And it really does have like the the niceness of like a little nutmeg, a little ginger, a little bit of everything kind of goes along well with it to, um, you know, goose it up. And I feel bad because we are now, as we are recording this, we are in December 20th. It is the third day of Hanukkah, I believe today. That's right. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate and those who are just Hanukkah curious. Happy Hanukkah to all those who are celebrating, who are Hanukkah curious, or if you think a menorah is just a wonderful place to light candles. I don't remember if that's blasphemy in Judaism, but if it is, we apologize and also enjoy. But <laughs> I I usually make nog at this point at least once. So I haven't made homemade you nog yet. It. You make nog. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I, I used to make my own nog for a couple of years. I used to nog it at home. I learned from a friend who taught me how to make some nog, a friend of the podcast, Brighton. And uh-huh. he taught me how to nog it. And it the difference is just night and day. Like it very much is like incredible how rich and creamy it is when you make it at home. But I don't know. I just haven't had the time. So I've just been store buying it. But, you know, it's it's store bought nog is now better than I remember it. I remember it being not as nice in years past. And now it just seems very pleasant. I don't know. Maybe your tastes have changed. I drank a whole bottle of nog myself last week. So that first sip was for the podcast. Mm. It was celebratory. And then I asked Maddie and she said, no, I don't want any of that (laughs) that stuff. (laughs) And then. So I said, well, I can't. I I don't want any of that cold egg soup you call a treat. (laughs) So I can't close it again. You know, it goes bad after a while. So I just ended up drinking a whole bottle of nog throughout the week. It wasn't bad, but it is. That's true. It is thick. It does. It does feel like a small meal. It's like drinking a Guinness. You know, after a while, you just want to go take a nap afterwards. You can't have four of them. That's really the (laughs) like that is a lot. You can't have four nogs and call and have a dinner with it. That's impossible. You're skipping a couple calories either way. And also, I feel you need to because I think that's a good idea having it all week because you need to get the if you're someone who likes nog like you and I, you need to get the craving out of your system in the time that it's available because it really does go quick. But at the same time, toward at, at the end of the holiday, you need to not want to think about it ever again. You know, it's kind of like eating what you think is your favorite food every day until you see it that last day. And you're like, I'm so sick of this. Oh, yeah. I don't need to eat it again. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did that with another drink as a kid. I did that with, do you remember the juice brand Twister? Yes. It was that, that wasn't the, no, Sips was the iced tea, but I remember, I remember. Twister. Sips was the iced tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Twister was the same belt of sugary water beverages that they call <laughs> juice drinks. And uh, they had an orange cranberry version, which was so delightful. And I think I drank that every day or close to every day for like two years, which is very generous of my parents because they usually 
they usually modified our sugar intake, but that was that was allowed to be consumed. And I think after that two years, I was like, I can't. And I've I've never looked. For, I don't think they make Twister anymore. But um, even then, that flavor is just not something I look for anymore because I just completely ruined it for me. You don't want to mix your oranges and your cranberries any longer. Just not on the same plate. Mm. You know, not we can in have water. Them... You don't want them soluble. You just don't want them all mixing around in the in the. No, water. I gotta have them raw now. I gotta have raw oranges all the time, baby. Raw cranberries. You don't like to braise your onions or uh, or pop, pop them <laughs> in the oven real quick. Get them nice and warm. braise my, braise my berries. Ooh, I haven't been asked to braise my berries since I was in dating college. <laughs> I. I, I I thought raw cranberries were going to be gross. They're not that bad. So they, they're pretty okay, all things considered. And to, to reference a previous episode, I now know what wild cranberries look like, which is a big step forward for me because before I didn't know. I forget. What did you think wild cranberries looked like? It's hard to remember how stupid I was so long ago. But <laughs> You weren't stupid. I, I was Shut a little stupid. I, I mixed up cranberries and raspberries because Maddie was saying, mm. do you like what's your favorite fruit? And at the time I said uh, cranberries and I meant raspberries. And she was just like, cranberries are your favorite fruit. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll just pop those suckers in raw. And she was like, you eat raw cranberries. And I said, yeah, and then she said, I don't think you're telling me the truth or you're wrong, <laughs> one or the other. Especially because she's never seen you pop raw cranberries into your mouth, so it's also one of those things. And you guys have lived together for a little bit, and that's also a very old New England man thing to do is just eat raw cranberries. And be unhappy as you read your, your Bible, you know? Read your read your King James Version in your, in your face that is somehow only gaining more wrinkles. You don't know how. <laughs> Listening to Maine humor, which I learned was a thing from a John Hodgman book. Main and I, I don't even know what that is. Th- there's a form of, I guess you can call it sketch comedy to be, you know, kind about <laughs> it, but it, it was prevalent in radio shows in the mid 20th century. But it was there's names to the comedians. Go ahead and look it up. And if you happen to find a main comedian, please DM us at Greetings Pod on Instagram and at Greetings Cast on Twitter. But there is like. It's sort of it's it's the closest America ever got to dry British wit. It's like if dry British comedy and the non-comedic but somewhat comforting Lake Wobegon narrations had a baby. <laughs> it's just very strange, like down home discussions about parts of Maine. And there there's like witticisms and like wordplay. But it's it's very much you could. You could leave a steak next to that recording and you'd have jerky in five days. That's just how, like, absolutely dry it is. <laughs> how poetic. I'll have to look Thank up you. some main specific comics. I'm going to have to look them up, too, because I just remember reading about that when he was going up. But I can't remember from the John Hodgman book. I forget. I think that was Vacation Land. A suggested reading, I'll say. It was very good. A, a greetings card podcast suggested reading. Yeah, you heard it here fourth, folks. Um, uh, Vacation Land and John Hodgman. Uh, very good. Yeah, very good stuff, guys. A book that came out about three to four years ago, but we suggested here on Greetings. Well, that's actually not so bad, though. I feel like books are one of those things you can suggest any old time, as opposed to like, it's not like I suggested people watch Catch Me If You Can if they haven't seen it. <laughs> you guys should try the whiz <laughs> Holds up. new movie suggestion from us it's it's a wonderful life we promise the jokes did age bad <laughs> oh speaking of the holiday films maddie and i did take time this past weekend to sit down and do our holiday cards so we, we instead of Yay. doing it several nights in a row as per usual we had some time and we popped on three Christmas films in a row and then just sat down Ooh. and wrote them all. We wrote, I think, something like 85 cards. Uh, well, they were printed out, so we were writing just small personal messages, but still it, it kind of took it, it, it took a while to do. But it was Well, it was of course, because you've got three movies going through, but that's a lot of fun, though. I mean, you get like a nice drink or a snack going. You've got the cards there and you've got movies playing. That is a that is a Rockwellian image in my head. I love that. What movies did you end up putting on in the background while you were preparing these cards so we we had this talk with a friend about what are your go-to holiday films and the ones that we watched first was christmas vacation which actually isn't one that we usually have in our rotation that's new for us speaking of references watch that 1983 film highly recommended now how are you gonna fit that tree in your house bend over yeah and then we did home alone 2 lost in new york which is a favorite of mine from from way back when best christmas song ever comes from that movie darlene loves all alone on christmas oh is that right i didn't know it was originated with that movie i believe so only because i remember it from the montage and also the music video contains macaulay culkin essentially helping darlene love and the east street band play like he does the chimes and everything oh my like god that. he doesn't actually do the chimes but it looks nice <laughs> and then i think we watched 
Oh, what was the other one? Not Love Actually. Uh, we did watch that recently. Uh, the Holiday. No. Oh, it wasn't The Holiday. That's the other one that we forgot to watch. That's a good one. The Holiday is good. Oh, it'll come to me as yep. we're talking. The Cable I, Guy. I will in- the Cable Guy. <laughs> I will it's my favorite Christmas movie. Jumanji. Uh, Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, I will interrupt our recording at another time to bring you the third film. But I would like to ask you, Dan. So this year, for the first time, we had a card printed with some nice uh, photos on it and had one of those blurbs on the back that sort of told you what we've been up to and what we hope to be up to in 2023. First time I'd ever done that. The only cards I'd ever had were the empty ones where you write a message. On the one hand, you know, a little gimmicky, a little flashy, maybe expensive, certainly, but you only have to write a very small message and you can make it longer if you want to. But previously, blank card, I could write whatever I want, but there's an expectation that you get a little more deep. Perhaps it's weird to get a whole card and only inside says happy holidays, maybe. How do you feel about the printed card versus the empty blank one specifically for the holidays. What's your what's your feelings on them? So just to make sure I have this correctly, we're comparing blank card where you write your own things versus a pre-created couple of paragraphs. Maybe one paragraph, would you say? Yeah, I like a pre-created photo on one side, happy holidays, back ends has some sort of printed message that you have room if you want to to write something more personal, but has a pre-printed message on it with a photo. Mm. That's a great question. You know, in the scenario that we have here, which is holiday cards, I would go, you're saying which one do I prefer? How do I feel about How do you feel about them? Because I thought I wouldn't like them because I thought they'd be a little shallow. And I don't, I sound like a a Scrooge, a Grinch. It's the season. But a Grinch Scrooge. As you know, among the two of us, I'm more of the card agnostic. And I didn't know how I'd feel about putting a photo of me, you know, wearing reindeer antlers and a sweater and I'm on a sleigh. Oh, so it's it's because it's 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 kind of fitting right into all the Christmas card stereotypes. And I'm like you, like we said last time, where I don't necessarily think people want to hear about me. So, mm. so these ones are always have a bit of self-indulgence, but they are nice. They're glossy and we look good and it gives us a chance to kind of give a lot of cards out because if we had to write 85 from scratch, we never would have got through it. It would have taken days to do it. So it had advantages that way. You always look good. Hashtag. Mm. Uh, that is, you got to put the hashtag at the beginning, Dan. Uh, but that is, that's, that's how those work. Uh, that was the deciding factor for me in this scenario, Bobby, because I would say being more of a secular Cardian, Mm -hmm. let's say, I'm not religious about it, but I certainly enjoy the culture of it all. I would say that when it comes to both of those, they both have their charm and their place. And the charm in place has to do with quantity and also personal time. If you are only doing 10 to 15 cards this year and you have a lot of time on your hands, I think doing a personal note in an empty card with a personal message can mean a lot and is very lovely. And I'll never say no to that. I think it's wonderful. I I don't really see a con to that at all. I also don't see a con to the pre-made message. I know what you're saying where like, I feel like if someone, because I don't know exactly how many cards any one person is giving to any other group of people unless they told me like you did. So if someone admitted to <laughs> me, yeah, I had a- door to door and asking, but how many cards did you give up? Don't hang up. Shake them by their collar and just be like, hey, I hope you had a great day at work. How many cards are you getting out this year? But if- Let go of me. Let go of me, please. The roasts in the oven. So many roasts. But if they- admitted to me that they did the pre-written message and they only like gave out five cards. Mm. My first thought would be, okay, it's your decision, but boy, howdy, you wasted a lot of money for not a lot of reward. They are not cheap. I'll tell you that much there. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's an extra charge. Mm. But the fact that you were doing, you and Maddie were both doing 80, was it 80 cards? Something like that. And part of the reason we chose this path which we don't normally do is because we had photos from the wedding and good point. We should use them. You know, they're, they're very nice and we like them a lot. And we thought, well, if we're going to use wedding photos, this is the year of the wedding to, you know, do it. So it made, this sense is the year of the around. wedding. If I remember correctly in the Zodiac calendar. Right, so yes. you've got a, I was actually born in the year of the wedding, 1991, wow. but the, it's a, it's a, it's a very fortunate year. But yeah, for that reason, I would say, because you're you're already showing lovely photos from an event that happened, a pretty big one, I think. It was a wedding. that I would, I would say it's pretty big. And then you have a message, and the fact that you have 80 people to give to, that is 
you sh- I would I would even go so far as to say you should not have written cards individually. That would have been a fool's errand. And th- honestly. that was inflated because of the wedding. So normally it wouldn't be sure. that high. But that well, even if it would, that's the thing. I would say anything over twenty cards. I mean, honestly, you're fine to do it regardless. Don't listen to me. But I'm saying like you certainly have a pass if you have to do like over 20 cards and it's like, well, maybe I'll just write them all individually. Fuck that. You absolutely get a pre-recorded message in there and just say, hey guys, I love you. I love you all. That's why you're getting a card. Here's what's going on in our lives. Boop, boop, boop. Have a happy Honda days and a merry Toyota-thon. Love, Bobby and Maddie. That is, I think that is very acceptable. Anything over 20 and I would be like, don't write a card. Even if it was 10 to 15, I would say, yeah, exactly. We're all busy. It's easy to save a little bit of time. You know, it. I don't think, because I know where you're coming at with there is a shallowness to sh- sharing the same message with everybody over and over. But at the same time, your friends want to keep up with you. They know what's going on with you. And in the age of communication that we are in, I can get my fill of inside jokes on Zoom once a week. Or at the very least, I can even message you for them. I don't need to feel like they have to be presented to me on paper once a year. This isn't 1895. Shallow but... was also probably the wrong word to use. I didn't mean to suggest... I know what you mean. No, I think it's it's not incorrect. No, that, I don't mean to suggest they're not sincere. More that they right. there's a flashiness about them that sometimes when I get get a couple, and now I'm one of them so I can say so... Sometimes feeling a little bit like I don't know why I needed this. I mean, if you have a cute kid or, you know, you have a cat that does funny things on on Christmas and you wear a hat and it hates it, I understand that. Sometimes I just see... Have you thought about getting one of those for your cards, either a kid or a cat that does funny things? Yeah. I think you can rent those at, like, the Sears photo department. I tried, yeah, and then they they sent me to the Bed Bath & Beyond, and I I went to the bath section because they said the Beyond was closed. So so I said, do you have cats in the bath? And they said, well, we threw the babies out with that bath water, so you can try for cats. And then um, that joke also is fresh off the palate. So, you know, watch the wind <laughs> and babies and bathwater. I had to buy is. I had to buy that joke illegally off the palate late at night on the docks. I, I tell you what. I Linux that joke. Yeah. No one no one knows. I yeah, I Linux it. And then you could have sold that bathwater um, online to a bunch of perverts. <laughs> perverts love bathwater. It's all over the Internet. Look it up, people. I think I think there is. I know what you're saying, like, there's sort of a flashiness, a sort of superfluousness to the pre-printed paragraph, but that's also a sign of like, hey, you know, it, it feels professional. I don't think there's anything yeah, wrong they with look it. Good. You know, it's like, they, they do look good, and they, yeah. they are glossy, and they have heft to them in a way that sometimes handwritten cards don't. So I do see both sides. I had never done it before, so it was a brand new experience, and what better way to share it with the world, I assume, who's listening, than with you and with this podcast that I've grown to enjoy. No, That's it. Thanks, friend. As far as it and hey, listen, if anything, it's a sign that you're doing good because you can afford a card with a paragraph on it. So uh, I may have skipped a few meals in one week to pay for them. But, uh, you know. We actually do these podcasts. A lot of people don't know. We record at night at the exact time where Bobby's usually accustomed to eating a meal. So we can sort of distract him from the food he's not, the nutrition he's not getting to afford the cards. That's actually why I started the podcast so I can stop eating dinner. It was about a calorie deficiency for There's me. There's a frozen pizza hanging from a string right in front of me and just with a piece of paper taped to it that says you get it when you earn it. And that's my reward yeah. for doing this podcast. All the time. I have to edit out Maddie just whispering under her breath like in front of you. It's not delivery. <laughs> it's not delivery. <laughs> Thank you for doing the editing too. I know it's tough to do those those bits. No, it's all good. Well, it's the it's the it's not delivery that's a little bit tough. But you know what is delivered hot and fresh like a DiGiorno pizza who doesn't sponsor us, so I don't know why I'm saying their name. It is a card I have for you, Bobby. Are you interested in such a thing? I would be interested. I'm gonna pull this back well, up right now. Buckle my buckle beanstalk. While you go ahead and load that up, I'll just remind the listener that you can absolutely check out this damn card for yourself <laughs> at Greetings Pod on Instagram and at GreetingsCast on Twitter. Twitter. General reminder that if you are running a sleigh or an express to a polar cap region or you're Tom Hanks in a bad CGI, by all means, please don't look at this card. Wait until you've gone somewhere where you are stable because all should be merry and bright when you enjoy these greeting cards. Now, Bobby, as you're loading that up, I just want to say don't get too excited. That's all I'm going to say. This one, we've had a couple of big dynamos the past couple of weeks, and this one is more of a featherweight, but I still think it's worth a conversation because, hey, even the featherweights deserve a talk too, don't they? Keep your expectations low and grind until there's nothing left of you but the dust. And that's our t-shirt. 
and for some reason it never took off and that might be because i never put in the order with the manufacturer of the t-shirt place that i was going to yeah you never put in the order and like when we were talking to them about design they just kept saying we don't have that much glitter so and then i I pulled (laughs) out the bag and said use this and they said we don't take oh you got some now yeah well, I didn't want you to use your emergency glitter. You were saving that for the next nuclear winter. Well, you know, I don't want to be a hoarder. No, I don't want you to be either. It's taking up a lot of your office space. I bet the college is not happy that you... No, they are not, for a lot of reasons. That among them. So, you have the card up, Bobby. Do you Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. I've opened it, and I am pleased with what I see on the first page. It is a completely blank background, white. And in the foreground is what could be a colored pencil drawing of pretty good colored pencil drawing of a flamingo. He or she or they, however they identify, is yeah, bird. wearing a Santa hat, always lovely, and a scarf, red and white per the Christmas colors, and matching skates with little Rudolph button fuzzy noses and their roller skates. They're not roller blades, I noticed. So, you know, just, just yes. say that for the audience in case they have strong yeah. feelings about roller blades versus roller skates. I know I do. You're a roller blades, man, if I remember correctly. Or you roller oh, skates. you got a blade all the way. How else am I going to shred that sweet uh, gnar on the half pipe? Question mark? This is why you hang out at that one skate park that used to be a Rexplex and then the roof fell off. Uh, yeah, it's um, we, we call it the cheese it zone because that's all I do is cheese it which by that i mean i sort of like yell at the uh, police that are hanging out nearby when they turn their backs i go cheese it and then i just flop on my rollerblades so my make no mistake my kneecaps have no skin anymore i always forget to bring my pads well because you're doing so many sick ollies i do all kinds of grinds indie nose bones 720s 900s it helps that i'm always playing golden eyes superman on a portable recording so i go pick it up pick it up pick it up, pick it up. kids love kids love kids love the kareem campbell cosplay that you bring to the uh, skate park it's not great but i do it (laughs) and uh, And that's what i prefer i was gonna say you also uh, listeners might be familiar with uh, a man that i think dan knows pretty well who hangs out at a skate rink brad Dracula, I want to say his name was. So he's a he's a bit of a bit of a character. And and Danny, I know you had some some run-ins with this this scoff law before at the at the roller rink. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that rastabout, to be very honest with you, because there's only so much patience you can have for a man that gets high on the aerosol can of the cleaning spray they use for the inside of skates while also only playing sticks on the music for the roller rink. It's the only music he ever plays is sticks. And he thinks that's cool while criminally underpaying his all teen workforce that he just gets away with because he's like, well, you know, you guys aren't getting minimum wage. He's a he's not a he's he's the world's loveliest dirtbag. That's all we can say about him. Well, you know, listeners, we don't know him and and he's a bit of an enigma. But if you have some time, check out Brad Dracula on Instagram and see what you can find. But, But Dan, this card with the skating flamingo. It looks it looks good. I mean, it's very pleasant. It's it's just so bare. I almost feel like I'm cheating. I'm giving a Hemingway description because it's so bare in a way that I can't really say a lot more about it. Except I like it. It's nice. It's pink. It's a flamingo. What more can? Well, as long as it doesn't talk about Key West or a duck gun, I'm into it. I agree. There is something so, and the reason why I picked it out, we'll see also later. It starts off just quietly charming yeah. for a Christmas card. We sort of have mentioned this in the past couple episodes where holiday cards can either be very muted or very bombastic. And this one is absolutely on the far left of muted. Like it definitely is a quiet, charming card, but not even in the way that other Christmas cards are. Because when you think muted for Christmas cards or holiday cards in general, let's say, we think earth tones, we think dark blues and greens, pine trees, birds with little hats on them, deer licking shit. This one does have a bird with a little hat on, so, you know, it's a tall bird. It's a tall order of bird. It's a little hat, but it's not a little bird, though. Like, I'm not talking about a barn swallow or a sparrow. I'm talking about a full-on flamingoman. Or, God forbid, a yellow-breasted warbler. Don't want to see those. And an eastern goldfinch? They don't even get to celebrate. I didn't even invite them. Call me bird prejudiced. I don't give a flying flute. This is so muted that it feels like, yeah, it was drawn by a very artistic middle schooler. I was going like, to say, it's just your very talented niece gave you this or your significantly under-talented older brother. Yes. Either your niece and nephew who have dreams of going to art school in the next four to five years or your one friend who's just been really working hard on flamingos and flamingos only and nothing else. And 
And they're doing a good job, I gotta say, for the fact that they're just an HR rep. But they this they, they did a good job with the flamingo. But there's nothing really charming about it. I think it's just really nice. Of course, I think a, you get away with having a blank white background in these mm. cards this year because it's ev- evoking the sort of snowy wonderland. So you can play around with that. I think that's it would be probably not as forgiving if this was a birthday card for like the springtime. But the fact that it's for Christmas where or just the holidays where people are thinking of snowy backdrops and this is all white, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Although roller skates and snow, that's a no, no. Not good. That's right. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for a nosedive in Ollie Kareem Campbell, if I ever heard one before. That reminds me of when I was a kid and I went to Smuggler's Notch in Vermont, which is a ski resort, and I got caught in a snowbank and I got stuck there for half an hour because no one could Did see you me. Really? Yeah, I was fine. I was perfectly like padded and like warm, and it was a relatively warm day on the slope, so there wasn't any threat of like getting sick or anything, but or even getting frostbite. But there's like big, there were big snowbanks on the side of the mountain. And you were skiing, I was just you said, a, right. You were on on skis at the time. I was skiing, right, right. So I was on my skis, and I'm I'm already a little fat kid. Um, now I'm just a big fat kid. But I was a little fat kid back then, and I sort of just allowed myself to topple over into the snowbank, and I was just there for like <laughs> you let inertia take you. <laughs> <laughs> I let gravity do the work. I was like, nope, it's your game, and I'm just it's your world, and I'm just living in it. Uh, gravity. So I I toppled over, and I was probably there for about twenty minutes, just going like. And someone was about to like they were it was a very crowded day on the ski slope. But I remember I was finally found by the person who was instructing a bunch of slightly older kids. And they were like, hey, let's help this kid out. And I was like, thanks. And I just embarrassingly went down the bunny hill. I couldn't finish a bunny hill. That's how bad I was at skiing. Oh, I haven't skied since I was probably 10 one time. How old were you when you went skiing? I was about that age, probably like 10, 11, okay. maybe younger, you gave, probably closer to nine. You gave it a gentleman's shot and you let gravity be the boss. And next time you just have to know gravity doesn't control you. It doesn't. No, I can do whatever I want without gravity telling me. You're right, Bobby. And now as a 31-year-old man, I know that, that I am not tied down by the bounce of gravity, he said as he tried to fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why... Everyone before the Wright brothers died the way they did. Jumping <laughs> Everyone. off. Every single one. Well, that was the big trend back in the day was pretending to be a bird, but not knowing how it works. Yeah, read your history books, people. Rutherford B. Hayes, the first president to uh, try to jump off the roof of the White House and sincerely think that he would make it. Even after the Wright brothers, we've lost every president up till Coolidge from them thinking they could fly like a bird. Because if you read the Constitution in between the lines, this is for our uh, Masonic friends uh, listening. But uh, (laughs) if you look in between the lines, it says you also have the right to be a bird. You got to look close. Shout out to those Masons. Keep on building that bridge to the other temple. Yeah. And thank you guys for Denver International Airport. Hopefully you get back to those murals really soon. And but I sure hope that future doesn't come along because it looks spooky. The other thing about this flamingo I want to talk about is. <laughs> That's the best transition. <laughs> the other thing about this flamingo that I want to talk about. The other thing about this flamingo and other stories. <laughs> Why does that sound like, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who did the, uh, he was like a humorist who used to write for the Miami Herald. What was his name? David Foster Wallace. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Before, after, after Infinite Jest and working, him and Don DeLillo used to write these amazing jokes about flamingos. I think they're my favorite article that was talking about a post-consumerist capitalist America was called Another Thing About This Flamingo. <laughs> And other, and other stories about raising kids. No, Dave Barry is who I was thinking, who also interestingly wrote the um, Peter Pan and the, uh, what was the musical Just called? Peter and Peter the Starcatcher, right? Peter and the oh, Starcatcher. Yeah. He actually wrote that book. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, interestingly enough. Yeah, Dave Barry. Uh, look him up, guys. He wrote articles and had his own sitcom one time. Why does the flamingo have a sort of dotted feather? Oh, on the I was going to ask like you. It's It sort of looks like, like someone spilled chocolate sort of like on the flamingo's wing is yeah. that a thing that flamingo, maybe that's the thing flamingos have i'm not sure if they have dotted feathers sometimes let's bring up some images of flamingos would you mind doing that bobby see, see if uh, and you know I'll, I'll i guess i'll do the same thing as well because we're, we're not sharing a the first thing that came up with right some now. disease called flamingosis and i'm a little hesitant to click on it well wait a minute look that up please okay. nope that's nothing never mind okay might be that's a whole lot of nothing that's a whole lot of nothing might be a type of music that i don't care about but anyway let's move on back to real flamenco. i've heard of flamingo music but flamenco sure. oh wow yeah, sure the flamenco so here's something i didn't know about you want to hear a fun story I do, so yeah. i just looked up this is like one of those cool guides on reddit or whatever i did not know that there were multiple species of flamingos and if you look up flamingo species there are at least according to this bath mat six 
And the ones that we have include the American Flamingo, the Lesser Flamingo, the Greater Flamingo. We got those out of the way. Chilean Flamingo, Puna Flamingo, and Andean Flamingo. So the fun thing about this little rigmarole is that according to, again, this thing that looked like it's almost a primitive by Kathy, it doesn't contain none of these birds have dotted feathers there are some i'm not finding any either with with the dots and and i have a theory about that but i want to hear the truth before i give you my conspiracy okay well i just want to say real quickly that the puna flamingo that's p-u-n-a and the andean or andean flamingo both have a sort of black undercoat uh, under the feathers or like maybe it's like a black stripe but that's about as and it's kind of in the american and greater flamingo but that's about as far as we get now, conspiracy theories, the time is now. It's Bobby Conspiracy time. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Well, before we move on to the next page, I, I want to say two things. One was I like the strategy to go back to the background for a second of keeping it white because I think in a military sense, if you can't win a battle, don't fight it. So if you are not good at background drawings, you know, just avoid them completely. And I think this Agreed. card avoids a big pitfall. By not trying to draw something in the back when it might not know it can't do it well. That's and I, I appreciate the strategy. I do. Why fight a losing battle? Just go ahead and get what you can done and then loot it for gold and then surrender. And my other theory No shame in that. No shame in that at all. My other theory was my conspiracy was the dots came as someone drawing this really thought that flamingos had this pattern on their wings. And then subsequently, halfway through, found out they weren't true, but it was too late to go back. And if you're anything like me, a mediocre to bad artist, when you commit to something badly, you commit to it wholeheartedly. So I think this was a small mistake that they said, well, I'm too far in and I have to do the rest of the wing. As a step below that, as a bad to atrocious artist, I am inclined to agree with you, Bobby. You got to commit to the bit when you do a bad job. And therefore, you got to just keep going on. If anything, I am a little bit unhappy that the artist in question didn't continue on to the entire body of the flamingo, because when you make a mistake of that caliber, you know, you now have to double down and you now have to do an even worse job than before, because it's like, well, now the charm is how bad I'm doing versus because the charm could have been I'm a good artist, but that clearly was not going to happen. So the charm now must be. Well, you tried. You got to get them pity votes in. They work. What can I say? I'm not a good renderer of the world. So if I can get people to feel sorry for me, that's half a bird in my hand and two in the bush. Speaking of which, is there anything with your hands, you know, best jewel song that you is there anything with your hands that you are good at? Is there like a single artistic thing you can make really well? Like I'll give you an example for me. The one thing I love doing forever is different versions of hand turkeys. Oh, I think that's, those that's are adorable. the I think they're thank you. I think they are the pinnacle of art. I think that anybody who can bring emotion to a hand turkey can really do emotion to basically anything. That's basically Michelangelo's David. It's basically anything that was ever done, you know, by George O'Keefe. Uh, this flower kind of looks like a body part, doesn't it? Mm. Wink wink. Wouldn't you like to not know? Wouldn't you like to stay ignorant of it for over fifty years? My thing that I think I do well with my hands, which I could count ironically on one hand, is I'm strangely good at untying necklaces that have been tangled. I don't know why. It's not. Oh, it's not okay. Really Very skill, nice. But I, I think it is. I get that jeweler's glass and toothpicks, and I sort of just do tiny surgery on on the tangles. And I've done it. I've spent a full forty five minutes completely content just untying necklaces for you know for people who they've been tangled i don't know what it is it, it soothes me in a way i can't explain do you find yourself are, because i don't know you to be a necklace wearer unless maybe you have one like under your shirt and we've never seen it but like i don't know you to have do you have a necklace on right now no i i just wanted to be a big man for once oh no you're the biggest man in the room because i'm five foot six but so the so you're mostly doing this for other individuals who have necklaces you're not really doing it for yourself yeah i don't have any necklaces to untangle so i think i'm having a bit of that i've never had a child thing so i want to go and be a good uncle to you know the necklaces that that are around me and so i i do it that way i love the idea of even you know because i'm a capitalist through and through so i believe in making a profit off it i love the idea of like getting you a spot on like in like the diamond district like on what is that 57 7th street uh no it's not that high up i love the idea of you like having a spot in the diamond district but like as opposed to <laughs> selling diamonds or watches 
your whole thing it's not even repairs you just untangle necklaces. necklaces that's all you do so someone like comes to you and goes oh I, I tangled this one last night can you help and you pull out your jeweler's loop and you just like get to it and then you charge them 45 dollars for all that work and that's just how you make your money and you know you don't apologize for it i i, I give it to them and i just sort of cradle it in my hand and say you can go to the pop belly for 45 minutes it will be ready afterwards and then they come back and, and they're pleased and then when they come back full of their hot pastrami sandwich that costs a little bit too much money and those voodoo chips that I love so much. Mm. They come back over with their hands and you literally lie back in your chair holding the necklace and you go, she's a beaut, not going to lie to you. And you say that to every customer. You just go, she's a beaut. It's about showmanship. (laughs) It is. You got to play the part if you want to really make it in the necklace un-discombobbling industry, (laughs) the the untying necklace industry. It's it's cutthroat. It's very, I don't know if you saw Uncut Gems, but that's a lot of what it's about. I did not. I did not see Uncut Gems. Heard good things though. Okay, that's definitely not what it's about. Then never mind. Not spoiler Got alert. It. <laughs> it's mean, about a big old rock. It seems <laughs> like we're. I, I now that now that we've talked so much about things that aren't this card, I'm wondering like, oh, is there anything <laughs> even inside this card now? Because you did warn me, it's a bit thin this time. There's only one way to find out, Bobby. Oh boy, I'm going to the next page. <gasps> On the inside. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'm not as thrilled with this page. There's You shouldn't be. There's like a pebbled pattern that is gosh, I hope I'm wrong when I say it looks like a microscopic close up of what a flamingo's feathers might look like in a way, or sort of that old fashioned ceiling that was dot what's that word for like pebbled That's ceiling? exactly what I was thinking. Okay, there's so the first that, part right? like that ceiling that has the, yeah. the divots and the and the like almost like paint chip sort of I was gonna Yeah, I was gonna say something so much grosser for the first part, but I'm glad you went oh, with please. just no, a no please go with the gross one. I wanna I was gonna say that this kind of at a distance looks like a very unfortunate skin condition, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, like something that happens when you accidentally go to like the wrong water park. Oh. Uh, one <laughs> not, one not with ick. only- Let th- me say, for those who have skin conditions, we accept you here. I'm just saying this particular one, I don't like, and I'm looking at it and I can't look away. That's my issue with it. We say ick because we don't want you guys to have it. You shouldn't That's be proud. Right. Uh, like You shouldn't be we proud. Don't, we just don't- You shouldn't be proud. <laughs> Don't worry if you have a skin condition. It's not about skin conditions anymore. If you're listening to this podcast, no matter who you are, skin conditions, non-skin conditions, healthy, unhealthy, be not proud. Just don't be proud in general. doesn't help you out, guys. It only makes you sadder. If you wake up every day with no expectations, you can never be unhappy. Howard the Duck. So I absolutely, when I wasn't thinking about this being a skin condition or now thinking that it's a microscopic version of a flamingo's feathers, I absolutely, first thing I went to was, this is those I think they called them popcorn ceilings. Popcorn ceilings. That's ones, right. Yes. Yeah. That have that rough interior. When I moved into the house that I would grow up in when I was nine years old, we kind of like moved into a house and then I would you know, be raised the rest of the time in that house. The living room had popcorn ceilings and my parents despised it. And it was like one of the first things they took out when they were like, you know, redecorating things and putting stuff together. Because it, it did look pretty bad. It was a cosmetic slash aesthetic thing, and then people just got sick of it very quick? Or was it at some point what ceilings were? I don't know much about architecture. Or I've never, no design. one's ever told me that popcorn ceilings were a necessity of houses, whether it be for insulation or for heating or cooling. I've never heard that there was a practical reason to do it. I always heard that it was sort of this late 70s, 80s aesthetic mm. that aged like disco just really did not <laughs> stick around it's kind of like you know those when people were had walls made of that frosted those frosted glass cubes like yes. those like they were very popular in like showers in the 80s and early 90s mm-hmm. and it felt like you would always see it in commercials for things it was like the coolest thing you could have like it it, it just screamed like i live in beverly hills or, or i live in like miami florida and i feel like having that now severely ages the feeling of your home even though i guess not novelty is a thing uh same thing with popcorn ceiling some people like it because it's a nostalgia thing but i yeah I, I don't find them comfortable at all it kind of reminds me of that phobia that people have of holes i can't remember the name of it but like multiple oh holes yeah altogether. that's a, that's a thing yeah I, I i've heard that before and, and can i ask you was this card textured or could you feel this? I assume you handled it gently, of course, like like one Woods the lover. Uh, but um, I handled it gently when the people at Target looked at me. But make no mistake, I absolutely crumpled it up. I said mean things to it. I ruined its credit score behind the employees' backs. No, I did. I did handle this. This is completely printed on. This is not a textured okay, card. Okay, this is flat. No no surface. Correct. This is as smooth as milk. Yep, smooth smooth as, as flamingo milk. The finest kind. Oh, 
Don't tell flamingo me. flavored milk. Well, <laughs> it's okay. It's it smells like the shrimp they eat. <laughs> and tastes like it too. Old old grandma murders shrimp flamingo milk. We took a, a hard right turn, I have to say, from the first page, which I really loved a lot, to this one, which as we said, <laughs> popcorn ceiling some kind of skin rash, a close up of a petri dish. You know, I'm not loving the second page. So far, yeah, it goes it goes a lot of places, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Like uh, we we start quiet and charming, and doesn't even feel very Christmassy. Like if you take the holiday hat off the flamingoman, it would you'd be hard pressed to say it's even a winter card. Besides maybe the scarf. Yeah, I guess that's true. You could put any you could put firecrackers around the flamingo instead of the scarf and hat. It would be a Fourth of July flamingo. Yeah, yeah. You could put a trumpet in front of its face and go, "Happy birthday, Louis Armstrong." <laughs> we have all the flamingos in the world. Was his last song? That was his last song. We have all the flamingos in the world, and it was more of a threat. He kind of took his <laughs> fortune that he received as a musician. And he put it all into, instead of charity, he just bought all the flamingos. So if you see one, that's Louis Armstrong's. So be nice to it. They didn't call him Satchmo for a reason. They did not. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world now that I all own all these flamingos. We didn't deserve his music. Shall I close this bad boy out? Is this the next page coming up here? I feel like we've got to get into the home stretch. We're almost there to the touchdown, Bobby. Please get us there. Two-point conversion. All right. Two-point conversion. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, this is, mm-hmm. man, this is, you are not wrong saying this is something <laughs> like a quiet comedy short story where you don't really laugh, yeah. but you, you feel good because yeah, the background is still white, fine, you know, know your strengths, and then in a sort of deep red, velvety, sort of almost like very deep pinkish color is the phrase, you make merry merrier, period, happy holidays. Finn, scene. That's it. Yep. Not even meat and potatoes. More like you boiled a potato for five minutes and didn't have salt. So you just went ahead and ate it because you've got work in 10 minutes. Like a souffle. You know, you kind of put your fork in and it goes. <laughs> kind of just goes. It's like an omelet and you try to flip it and be fancy and half of it falls out of the skillet. So you've got just half a wet egg to eat. But you refuse to throw it out and start over because eggs have gotten really expensive because of inflation. So you're like, I guess I'm eating half a breakfast today at 8 p.m. Jeez, that guy's half a wet egg. Am I right, fellas? God, I can't hang out with him anymore. He is. He's barely half a wet egg. Am I right, guys? He's running out. I mean, looks like the yolk's on him. Doctors recommend half a wet egg every week. No ifs, ands, or eggs. If you're not getting your half a wet egg at least every day, then you're going to get yourself the Dartleman's colic. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Be sure to follow it up with a Lucky Strike cigarette. <laughs> this card, it feels... Okay, after getting to the end, this is how I felt reading it and kind of reviewing it in my head in the scream room that I made here in my apartment. When I got to You Make Mary Marrier, which is not comma, by the way, because I feel like that would make sense. It's just straight line. You make Mary Marrier. Happy holidays. No exclamation point either. No, there's nothing wrong about either of those. I feel like those are grammatical options that they just chose not to take. But looking at these three muted moments, it sort of feels like each one of them is separate. Like they did not talk to each other. These three pages between... Flamingo having a roller time, bad ceiling in your aunt's rumpus room, as she likes to call it, even though it's just got Dreamcast and it's only got the one game Nights into Dreams. And there's a lot of folding chairs, like too many. There's no way we need this many folding chairs. 30 folding chairs. She's never had She's never had an event. She. Oh, we're only allowed to go over right before we go to Six Flags, and it's only because she's just finishing up the uh, brine sandwiches that she likes to make. Because she doesn't like paying for food at the theme park. The twister, Matt, doesn't have any yellows. No. it's Honestly, it's just green and red, and you can't stretch that far. So, like, half of the answer is always wrong. She's always got. She's only got Dune 2000, the MDOS game, for her computer. We miss her. We wish her well. We do miss her. She definitely has the best collection of old Land's End catalogs that you can enjoy while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> But they they're they're all from the they're all from the mid nineties when everyone was just wearing a flannel regardless of the weather. I yeah, it just feels like between that and then we get to the ending message, we just don't go anywhere. And these cards just don't feel like they're really talking to each other at all. They it feels like there's no singular message they're trying to provide up until the very end. Like I don't know why 
Is the flamingo making things merry? Is it merry because it's having a fun roller skating time? Is it merry because we forced a bird to wear human clothing, which is probably very uncomfortable because they're wearing clothing all the time. It's called feathers. What is the merry that is now merrier made by this image? We we have to we have to put it on the lens, much like the second page. Yeah, Bobby, what do you it, think? It's implying that the flamingo would be merry in and of itself. Debatable, but I could understand the festivity of a flamingo. And then they dress it up with roller skates and a scarf and a hat. And they say, well, now the flamingo is merrier. And as you can see, based on the math we've just done, you you have made merry merrier. Thank you for joining us. Is a flamingo traditionally a merry bird? I don't remember them being very pleasant to be around. I know they look nice and they eat shrimp and they're a sign of tropicalness, much like a pine, uh, palm tree. But I just I don't recall them being a sign of merriment, much like a Christmas tree or a glass of hot of hotted cocoa. I think one of the wise men who visited baby Jesus was a flamingo. Mm, I don't recall yeah. him being very oh, merry, though. You're right. I mean, that's that's canonical. You know, you could look it up that I forgot that myrrh in the ancient Aramaic means raw shrimp in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> It's an unfortunate translation, kind of like people forget that in the Old Testament, mammon means wealth or money. Myrrh in the New Testament, of course, specifically refers to raw shrimp in a bag. And that's fine because none of you people listening to this podcast, you ding-dongs, do you guys know what myrrh is? Do any of you listening to this have any idea? I, frankincense is the stuff we put in dead bodies, and gold is what it is. We're, we're, so we're what the hell is genuinely, we, we want you to tell us what myrrh is because it keeps us up nights. One of you fucking sound off in the DMs and tell us what myrrh is, Please. for Christ's sake. I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to look it up. Yeah, oh, you've got a supercomputer in your pocket. I don't care. That's why we have a podcast to bother you people about it because I, I don't have time to do it. I've got things to do. I've got editing to do tonight. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there's no talk. It's it's it doesn't take away from the aesthetics of the card, which are a lot of fun and I enjoy them. But it's fair to say it is kind of interesting that no part seems to speak to each other. Yeah, I so we're going to get into the rankings soon and I kind of have an idea of what I want to say. But if you want to go first, you can because mine will tie into my ranking of where I want to put this card on the fridge. And uh, I'll tell you. Well, Bobby, of course, the tradition is you must go first as you're the one. Right. So please, of course, our fridge ranking, as everybody knows, anywhere on the fridge or even in the trash or even in the street or even into space. Bobby, where would you rank this subtle, playfully demure, yet slightly confusing card. So the analogy that keeps coming to mind because of who I am and what I've done with my life so far, things could change. I could get better, <laughs> guys, is... I'm rooting for you. If you are. This feels like a short story you read in college that your professor told you is exceptionally deep and profound, and you read it and thought, well, that was nice, and then you kind of moved on. It feels actually a bit like gift of the magi like if we're going to stick with the christmas theme where it's you understand the premise you know someone gets a present that they had to sell their treasured possession to get and then vice versa so now you've got a comb and no hair and i've got a locket but no string or whatever the story is and you get it the first time and you're like okay i, I understand so on the front i think this card is beautiful i put this i i kind of want to put this card uh, at the bottom of the freezers because i love the the whimsy of the first page so much but I don't want to open it. I think I think I would right. I would put the magnet where you couldn't open. You know, you put it at the top right corner so you couldn't open the card. I don't want to know what's making Mary Mary. Or it turns out not a whole lot, but the flamingo is what I want. So that's that's my idea of where to put it. Dan, I'd love to hear yours. I think that's a fantastic place to put it. I agree with you that there is something very literature centered around the style of this card. I feel a little stupid with this card. No, a little bit like, am I missing it? Is this a Flannery O'Connor story that I'm not, I'm not getting? Yeah. You made a great point though. Like it could be an O'Connor or a Hemingway short story. To me, I even went more like childish. Like I want to see this as the cover of like the next Mo Willems children's book. Like this could be up there with like Nuffle Bunny or a Pigeon Ate My Hot Dog or whatever the hell those books are. Mm. But, um, you know, just something very cute, and could be a fun short story of a flamingo discovering Christmas, because as we all know, they don't have Christmas in Florida. And they learn they learn about the joy of the Honda days and how we get this flamingo, a beautiful 2005 Honda Accord, barely used. And for that reason, I agree with you that it deserves a high spot on the fridge. Again, don't have any interest in seeing old popcorn ceiling in the on the left. So we, I agree with you that we're going to keep that tucked away. I think it is going to sit comfortably right below yours, Bobby, so we can both have yours on the shared fridge. And mine's going to be 
top of the fridge door center, so just at the crack between the freezer and the fridge, because there's also something, it's that sort of kitsch of tropical Christmas as well, kind of like when people put lights around a palm tree. I think there's something fun about that, so we can enjoy the kookiness of that. So in that way, I think it it definitely deserves a fine space. And I'm going to have kind of a tough time doing a wrap-up of the holiday cards pretty soon. We're coming up because this one is so far on the other end of the spectrum with the one we had last week, which was horrifying in many ways, but loud and rambunctious, and it was a party. <laughs> and this one is quiet and means well and sort of gives to charity, but then goes home and just has a cup of cocoa and doesn't talk to its family because, you know, Christmas is a hard time for us all in a way. Christmas is a very hard time, but sometimes you just want that, you know? You kind of put in a couple hours at the old soup kitchen, you go back home, finish a couple of chapters of Shuggy Bane or some other book you're reading, and then you get yourself in bed by 11. You wake up and, hey, the sun's up and it's another new day. And sometimes that's as good of a holiday for people as, you know, the bombasticness. You don't you don't always need the uh, explosion because, boy, what a stress that can be sometimes. So I, I think it's nice to see both avenues of this merry and bright season. And hopefully people are having a merry and bright time. Or at the very least, I hope they find a way to be merry and bright, even if it's just for a little bit. Yeah. Always look for the lights. Always look, look to the stars. And uh, if you can, fly away because uh, the Flamingo can fly flamingos can fly right flamingos can fly they can fly why did i think they couldn't fly flamingos definitely look like one of the flightless of the birds like a penguin or a chicken i think like chickens they can fly for certain distance well now that i'm saying it out loud i think they can fly for decent distances so i guess they're slightly better than chickens but it's not like they're not as good at it as like hawks or like our migratory birds like geese i don't they're not migratory birds is what i'm getting at so you heard it here folks uh greetings during our holiday cards Remember to fly into the light. If you're listening to this podcast, fly right into it. And the best way to find that light is on your mobile app, specifically Instagram at GreetingsPod and Twitter at GreetingsCast. Get all the light you can, and you get more if you DM us or give us a rating on iTunes, because that makes a difference, and all the other places where you can rate podcasts. We can't remember them right now. But thank you all for joining us here in the holiday warmth of a flamingo on roller skates. Bobby, as always, thank you for joining me there because this wouldn't be a podcast without you. Would you like to send us off with a holiday greetings card song of your own? Yeah, sure. I would love to sing uh, the the famous uh, song, uh, Silent Card Holy. Silent Card Address wrong, return to sender. Goodbye. Nope, that's it. I'm sorry. Good night, everyone. All right, good night. Bye. You know, sometimes you just don't have it in you to say something funny during the test. A a pint is a pound. I'm going to the pound. I want to live there now. I want to get adopted. God, right when I say Indy Nose Bone, it pauses. That's the best. (laughs) It always, always on our best jokes. (laughs)